You're listening to Childeric. This is my podcast. You're listening to me. I am Childeric. This is episode 46. 46 glorious and majestic episodes. There's a good number of things going on today. G7 is happening in Quebec. All of the leaders lined up for their photo op this morning. And there were microphones there, and I was able to get a little bit of a listen into the small talk, the chit-chat between these world leaders. And I try, I'm trying to get inside their head. You know, what, what is going through their mind, especially after last night's huge win by Doug Ford and the PC uh, conservatives in Ontario, which some are taking to be a referendum on the Trudeau government for the simple fact that uh, Kathleen Wynne was essentially the prototype of Justin Trudeau's government. And in as much that that was true, Justin Trudeau's government referred quite extensively to the policies of Kathleen Wynne. Well, Kathleen Wynne lost very big last night, very big. And so it can only be viewed as a referendum on uh, the policies that have been carried on by the liberal, liberal government. That stuff, of course, there'll be more uh, to come in the next few months. And so, but I suspect that there's going to be some, uh, a good number of changes. So that's good for Canada. I also suspect, too, that with the G7 summit, uh, you're going to see uh, a lot of plays by the six nations minus the U.S. against the U.S. And, of course, you know, they're going up against Donald Trump. They're going up against the tactics of the art of the deal. The guy is not a slouch, and everyone who thinks they're going to get one over on him is mistaken. And, and it's, a, it's a mistake they keep making and because they don't learn the lesson. So that's an exciting thing that's happening, and it's very nice to see everybody. It's a beautiful day over there in Quebec, and, and the optics were, were really great, but where the rubber hits the road, okay, is when they actually get down to start talking about um, brass tacks, okay? So I think you're going to be shocked to find that the United States walks away uh, with everything favorable towards them, and nothing, you know, nothing's, <laughs> the things that, that some of these... Um, Governments were playing politics with their trade a little bit, trying to get the, um, the get Trump to back down on the tariffs. And this is this is the thing with Trump. First of all, these world leaders think that if they can get Trump to cave on any of these uh, tariffs, any of these situations that he that he continually keeps bringing up, if he can if if they can get some sort of concession out of him, then that will show a weakness, a crack in the the dam, so to speak, uh, so that other countries will. Uh, cooperate with each other and group together to continually do that. And so if you put yourself in the mind of Trump for a moment, there's a lot of hot women, but also he's faced with that reality and you know he's not going to allow that to, to happen. He's not going to allow the momentum of the last 500 days to begin to reverse and watch everyone undo what he's already accomplished here in the United States. So the flip side of the whole thing is that the flip side is, is that they're not listening to what Trump is saying. I mean, they're not, they're, they're watching what he's doing, but they're defensive. They're on the defensive. What they need to be doing is watch 
what he's doing for the United States and then realize, come to the conclusion that they could be doing the exact same thing and having the exact same success in their own countries outright. Not by being a bully, but just watch how he's operating. Watch what he's actually doing. Don't listen to uh, people who are emotionally attached to this idea of hating Donald Trump as a, as, a, as a man. Don't do that. Get away from that, okay? Look at what he's doing and do, so take similar steps. He's showing you how you can become um, successful and how your economies can grow and how uh, you, you have a requirement to weed out corruption. There, you know, and so there's, in the end, in the end, the things that he's implementing economically are going to benefit everyone. And, and so none of these people have figured this out. None of these, none of these European nations have figured it out. They, they and I'm going to tell you the, the, the secret why they're, they're attempting to kind of try to pull away from uh, Trump's leadership among those G7 countries. They're trying to pull away from it because these, these liberal globalists have set up systems and stashed money in, in a certain order. It flows, the money flows from one corporation to another in, a, in an order. And those corporations are owned by um, stakeholders or liberal stakeholders or people who um, directly are involved in this little scheme of theirs. This is the pass the money around scheme where they suck in a bunch of money into their little system and then it, it, the money goes through passes through all of these different corporations, okay? So this is the reason why they're against the United States pulling out of the Iran deal because they, they took, they made, this is, Obama went and made a system by which the money never actually leaves this system, okay? It's money for them and nobody else. It's money for them to fund their reelections, stay in power, and it just goes on and on and on according to them, okay? What they don't realize is, is that they have a serious um, problem. It's, it's, this is a, this is that welfare mentality where the money just never runs out to them. They don't ever see the money ever running out, so they just keep spending. And so spending is out, it goes out of control. Your deficits go way up, and you, your nations are essentially going broke. But in, in the liberal mindset, they still have all of the money, see? And so all they have to do is distribute a little crumb, some crumbs to the, the minions, okay? See, what, see what's happening? Now, all of a sudden, they've elevated their own status to a status that, wasn't, um, um, that, that they were not elected to. They're not elected to that status. Okay? They're not royalty as much as they like to pretend that they are. They are, it's fiction. They're not royalty. Now, we've talked a little bit about royalty before. And royalty in the aspect of there's one all-powerful, you know, uh, uh, monarch that, you know, they, don't, they didn't pick these people because they were the coolest. Like, oh, yeah, we got this guy. He seems pretty cool. Let's put him in charge. That isn't what happened. And over the centuries, there's been a few instances where people have risen up and then they've, they've uh, overthrown their, their monarch. But they've done it because, and, and this has given people a sense that these kings were elected. These are not elected people. They're not elected to that, okay? They are, they are the ones who held the title over the land. The title over the land is the ownership of the land, the ultimate ownership of the land. Now, you can't, one man cannot live on, on all, you know, and all of the land that he owns and to the exclusion of everyone else. There wouldn't be any room for any people in the world. So what... Um, what a monarchy is, is the acknowledgement that there is a status, there is an order to ownership. That once you get rid of the monarch that owns the land now, after him, there will be other people who are related in ranks. That there's a, it's done that way um, to represent the, the um, it's done that way to represent ownership so that it's always known and it's never not known who actually owns the land.
So all of those countries throughout history who had killed off their monarchies uh, for, for good, bad, or indifferent, for whatever reason, uh, they weren't doing themselves any favors because it was just simply removing their own indigenous um, title holder. And so the title, because of marriages and because successive generations have children, the title then moves away from their country and they cease to have that, that person who holds that position representative uh, in their country. So that's why you see uh, certain places like France, for example, they, they, <laughs> all of the power or all of the represented uh, eminent domain of the title has shifted uh, from the east, from the extreme east in Asia, all the way to the west now. That's what's happened because they killed off their kings or their emperors or, or whatever title that they had granted to them for, to represent that status. Okay. So, but this is the type of authority that these people want. These people aren't, are line jumpers essentially because um, they're nowhere near that status. And there's people, there's a large number of people that are way ahead of them that will hold imminent, the title of eminent domain over, um, over the nations way before they do. Okay. So this is their attempt. This is the globalist elitist attempt to uh, supplant themselves into that system and then get rid of those uh, who are all, those uh, families who are title holders, eminent domain title holders. And that's the, what's funny is this, that they care about doing it legally. I mean, it's just odd if you're going to steal something, how do you try to steal it legally? So it doesn't make any sense. This is why liberals don't make any sense. They've, they've get into these elected offices and they think to themselves, well, we're the ones now, we're the ones in power. And yet they don't have any of the authority. And so when they realize they don't have any of the authority, they make up legislation, they make up laws and rules to attempt to make up for that deficit, that, author, that deficit of authority. And that's where all of the world's problems come from. Liberals cause all of the world's problems. All of the problems, the major problems that we are facing today are made up by liberals attempting to, to grab for themselves power that, that is not, number one, rightfully theirs. Number two, um, does, it, it doesn't belong to them and neither would it belong to them, even if they took it, see? But there's a deficiency there and they're aware of that deficiency, but they're not, <laughs> they're selfish in a way because they don't want to acknowledge that there is an authority over them and over that system. There is, there are uh, families who have the authority, okay? But they're well aware of the fact that they don't have it. And so it all leads to one thing, and that is they want to get rid of the people who are in front of them. So Macron has this thing, uh, Angela Merkel, she's the same way. Most of the EU is the same way. There's a certain divisions in there that don't suffer quite as much from that same thing. But you even have uh, uh, areas like Poland um, where they wanted to give their, uh, they wanted to get more control. The, the, the elected officials that are there now wanted more control over um, the, how the elections were run. And then they started making rules uh, that were construed as, that could be construed as giving them an un, uh, a favorable advantage over any other party. And, and exact, this is exactly what I'm talking about now. I like Poland and I like the government that's there now. They're actually doing a number of things that are, that are that's what, you know, I believe that they're operating properly, except in that respect, that um, when they get to the, reach that point where they re, what they really need to do is acknowledge that they don't um, have that authority. And this is not, they don't have to do it publicly or anything like that, but just inside their own uh, mindset, inside their own mindset to just to realize, okay, there is a limit to the authority of an elected individual. But Justin Trudeau, same thing. He has been importing people into Quebec and then moving them into Ontario. And I mean, let's 
take a wild stab at it. He was probably moving them into um, areas that he needed a win in for the elections. Okay. So he's imported voters that don't technically have a legal status to vote, but he's gone, he's gone ahead and given them that. So this is the same thing as he's changed the rules, the election rules. He's changed the immigration uh, rules uh, by omission and just allowed these people to come in and vote in a country that they don't act, that they're not actually citizens of, which is an unfair thing to the people who are citizens of that country. And not only that, those people that he has imported end up uh, being a drain on the system, being a drain on the financial system and the economy. And all of the people that are citizens end up paying for these people to come in and usurp their, their democracy. So once again, this is Justin Trudeau realizing that he needs a certain level of authority that he does not possess, that he does not have. And so for any of the things that they've set up to work, this scheme of passing money through all of these different corporations and fronts and companies and shells, and, and it's the shell game, the liberal economic shell game, uh, when he's tried to implement that, he realizes it's not going to work. The minute the conservative government is elected, it's over. It's over. They lose everything. And this is indeed what we've seen uh, a precursor to it uh, in Ontario last night. So this is the same problem. This is the same. That is the same problem. They're butting up against this, uh, um, this lack of authority. They want, and that's why Justin Trudeau says things like he, he you know, likes the basic dictatorship of China because that would allow him the authority to do whatever it is he needs to do to maintain um, a liberal government and to maintain power. The, so the problem with the whole thing is, is that the power that these elected individuals are uh, attempting to, to, to hold on to uh, with their nefarious plans isn't real, okay? And, and this is what I'm getting at. When you have a group of people that, that operates this way, they will operate this way and the system will not bear it. The people that are, that are hurt by it will rise up. And in this particular case, we've got um, the method for people to rise up is to get out and vote. And so that's what ends up happening is the people that are disaffected by this, by these schemes realize, wait a minute, we got to do something or else I'm not going to have any money left. And so they go and vote for, for you know, conservatives and conservatives come in and they completely undo everything that the liberals did. And so their little, their little game, their little scam is over. It's discovered. And so that's what we're seeing with Donald Trump. That's what, we're, what we saw last night in Ontario. Uh, a big win in Ontario, and you can guarantee that everything that they've that they've been doing with this little shell game, and they're in debt. They are in massive. They have massive amounts of debt in Ontario. So they've got a number of problems caused by the liberals devising these devious shell games where they move all of the money around wherever they want it, and nobody ever knows where the money is until we need money for you know sleeping bags. So they pull money out of whatever shell company that they have to buy these sleeping bags. See they're they are beholden to this idea of we're going to have all the money and that means we'll have all the power. But I'm going to tell you this, that because people, you've heard people say he who has a gold makes the rules. Well, in this particular case, if he who has all of the gold is poor, it doesn't work. See, you can never have all the gold. You have to spend it. Otherwise it's worthless. It's not worth anything. And so this is the, this is the, the it's amateur hour. That's the amateur, uh, amateurish way to, to run a country. We're going to scoop up all the money and then we'll be the ones that decides. Well, the decision, make, the ability to make the decisions has nothing to do with the fact that uh, that's not leadership. That's um, just handling things whenever they happen. Okay. So that isn't leadership. Whenever, the, whenever your military deploys and you need sleeping bags, you, you know, pull out some money out of a shell and you, you know, you buy the sleeping bags. So you, you're just, you're reacting. That, that isn't leadership. You're not actually proactive in creating an environment for everyone to prosper.
So none, none of what they do makes sense. None of what they do makes sense. And so uh, Trump is destroying that. And he's showing them that the, the way to prosperity is not through that liberal uh, shell game. It's not through the three-card Monty. It's not, you know, the, the liberals have come up with this scheme. It's a scam, really, to be honest with you, it's a scam. It's a scam to take everyone's money so that they have all the money and you have nothing. To be honest with you, they, I mean, they have some other, you know, ideologies that um, are terribly flawed that, that also mix in with this. One of them is, is that the world is overpopulated. I mean, it's, a, it's a false ideology. It's like, well, we got to get all these people off the earth. So they, their idea is to take everybody's money and then kill them. <laughs> to get rid of them. They're, that's their agenda. Everybody talks about the agenda. The United Nations has an agenda. Secret agenda. Bilderberg. All kinds of stuff. Okay? There's all kinds of weirdo, weirdo stuff. There's somebody behind it. Yeah. Yeah, follow the money. Follow the money. You'll find that guy that's behind everything every time. Follow, follow the money where it's being stolen. It's being stolen and, and moved to, okay? Find that guy and, you'll, and you will have discovered the secret society, the secret behind the world society. <laughs> Gateway Pundit has a story. Now, we've talked about this one before. Here's the title. Key evidence goes missing. Server belonging to Wasserman Schultz, IT worker Imran Awan, is physically stolen from Congress. Now, this is Debbie Wasserman Schultz, okay? This guy worked for her for, for 13 years, okay? And so this guy was like literally spying on members of Congress. And, he, and he's like, he got caught. But, the, so the, but the, the, the servers, though, are now missing. I don't know if this has the, the, this is the laptop. They have another laptop of hers that she was very adamant about demanding back, like, like, you know, from the DC police, well, you can't hold that. You, you're going to give it back. And it's like, <laughs> this gal, I'll tell you what, <laughs> her, her little scandal was of her own making. But the fact that, that this guy spied, he's from Pakistan. Ridiculous. So apparently Feinstein, Senator Feinstein's former intelligence staffer, Daniel Jones, is also connected to the New York Times reporter in that leak investigation. We talked about this one last night. That there were arrests made in, uh, yeah, they arrested James Wolfe. He was a former Senate Intel Committee aide. This is the guy they're handing this classified information to, to put it in the skiff so that they can read it. So this guy takes in all of this information and, and he's, the, he's the courier, he's the guy that's gonna take it from the hand of the person who's delivering it from the Department of Justice and he's going to physically walk the documents over and catalog them and put, and put them in this safe, confidential, classified room where there's not supposed to be any contact with the outside. There's no cell phones, no, you can't take pictures, you know, stuff like that. But this guy is the guy that caught him using uh, the encrypted signal app talking with this uh, New York Times reporter, Ali Watkins. So the Justice Department, they seized her, uh, they said they seized years worth of phone and email records. And then she also worked for BuzzFeed and Politico as a national security reporter, of course, because you know, she's got a guy on the inside. So, apparently this Daniel Jones guy, who was, uh, I believe, yeah, he was connected to Feinstein. And he, so we learn now that Daniel Jones, who was working uh, with Fusion GPS and Steel on the Trump-Russia dossier, was the lead author of 
the CIA torture report. Allie Watkins was Pulitzer finalist uh, for info on CIA torture report. And so now they're looking at this going, these two people must have been uh, uh, coordinating together. So this is all stuff that's coming out. And um, remember back in November, uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions said that, quote, we intend to get uh, to the bottom of these leaks. Perhaps, perhaps that's what's happening. Perhaps he's actually doing his job. Perhaps he is Stealth Jeff. Stealth Jeff. <laughs> also, one side note about Feinstein. She's senile. I think she's senile. So, Gateway has a story breaking. Mueller hits Paul Manafort with another indictment for witness tampering after raiding his iCloud account. <laughs> he... He also seized his 37-year-old Lisa computer. It's one of the original Macintosh. <laughs> his original Macintosh, which has a version of Missile Command on it. <laughs> Mueller's, Mueller's going to get to the bottom of this, that's for sure. That's for sure. I just need one more nip. One more nip of the flask. I'm just going to get to the bottom of this. So these guys are all dueling with each other. All, all these people know each other. And... Like we were talking about this last night with General Flynn. Apparently he was a witness against the guy that's investigating him. You know, what? How, how is all of this even possible? You know, these guys are just going after you. Yeah, he was a witness against McCabe in a sex discrimination case. Gateway pundit, we were right. Senate investigators suspect McCabe altered Flynn's 302 report from ambush interview. No question there. More and more GOP lawmakers are saying impeach Rod Rosenstein if Justice Department or Department of Justice continues to slow walk Trump spying documents to Congress. Baha, you get rid of that guy. We want our documents. Justice Department says Obamacare's individual mandate is unconstitutional. Yeah, there was a lot of things that Obama did that was unconstitutional. I'm still waiting to find out where he was actually born. I mean, the... If he provided the level of information that he had provided when he was asked, his, his identification, his documents, birth certificates, whatever, his social security number, if he had presented that to the DMV, at least where I live, they would say, no, you got to have like five pieces. And, and they go and they check these, they check the numbers, do the thing. It's, it's pretty thorough. It's pretty thorough. But I mean, every time I have to take a packet with all of my documents in. And sometimes I even have to have a witness. It's weird. It's weird. Again, that kind of that level of scrutiny at a, at a Department of Motor Vehicles. But the President of the United States still never showed anybody his birth certificate. You know, his documents. His documents are fake. They're phony. He's a phony. Obama. Now, I just want to remind everyone, okay, two things. First of all, socialism leads to Venezuela. What's going on in Venezuela right now? There's people starving, people, people literally exiting the country, okay? That's where socialism leads. That's where it goes. Those, and that's what I've been talking about, this liberal ideology, that is where that goes. People end up broke with no money and no food. That's what happens. That's why you don't want to play that game. That's why you don't want to play their little shell game. Also, in the same right, communism does the same thing. 
Now, I know there's people who will say, well, you know, what about China? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the thing about China is that, once again, you have a group of people, the Chinese Communist Party, who have to make up for deficiencies in their authority. Because China has been ruled by emperors for quite a long time, for, for millennia. And so it's agreed. I mean, everyone knows that the guy walking down the street, even if he's elected president or the chairman or whatever they call it, he's not an emperor. He's not the guy that owns the land. See, that's a big difference, big difference. And so, and, and it doesn't work. If you go there and you look around, there's some stuff that they've, they've forced some prosperity at the expense and on the backs of their own people. When what they could have done, and I'm not going to second guess what they could have done, I guess. What I, what I am going to say is, is that they have a large number of controls that they are controlling people with. So even if it was bad, you may or may not ever hear about it. Luckily, there's enough uh, ability to disseminate information uh, widely, worldwide, globally, uh, these days that, that you, we start to hear a number of things on how that machine cracks down on its own people. Now, if you look at it, it's, a, it's kind of a practical thing if they're communist, lacking the authority, because in China you have you know, over a billion people. Now, over a billion people can decide to do something one day and there's nothing you can do to stop them. And so that's why they keep their, their thumb on them. That's why they keep them, you know, they're act they actively go after them and persecute them just to make sure they, they have that idea in their mind all of the time that, that the, their government, this communist government, is in charge. It's heavy-handed. They have to do that. Because if the Chinese figure out that the... <laughs> Communist government is just a handful of people compared to the population. It's over. It's over. So communism doesn't work. Socialism doesn't work. Liberalism doesn't work. Okay? Those are all side roads that don't lead anywhere except to starvation and death. So if you want to follow those ideologies, follow them to starvation and death. That's on you. Try to keep uh, Charles Krauthammer uh, in your prayers. Says he's revealed that he has weeks to live. And I guess that there was some cancer. And so... Prayers for him.